Welcome to the IEEE Digital Privacy Podcast Series, an IEEE Digital Studio production. This podcast series features conversations with industry and academic leaders, as well as key stakeholders of digital privacy, in order to help advance solutions that support the privacy needs of individuals. In this episode, we speak with Sridhar Rao, an IEEE member specializing in digital privacy and a key architect of the IEEE digital privacy model. Sridhar shares his insights on the beginning of the model and how it can focus privacy expectations and influences on the individual. So Sridhar, thank you for taking time to contribute to the uh, podcast series. To get started, can you introduce yourself and uh, tell me a little bit about your background? Thank you, Brian. Um, This is a great opportunity to speak with you. Um, I have um, more than 15 years of experience working in the telecom space, uh, supporting uh, and building networks and applications for the telecom operators like Verizon's of the world. Um, And in doing so, I've kind of helped uh, build the 2G infrastructure, the 3G infrastructure, the evolution towards 4G. Uh, And um, these days I work a lot uh, with operators trying to help them move their infrastructure to 5G and use cloud native applications uh, along the way. As I work through my telecom days, um, you know, I have used data uh, across the entire telco infrastructure um, and uh, helped operators monetize that data uh, and then also uh, help them launch new products and services um, throughout the uh, multiple interactions that I've had in the telco space. With that said, um, my interest uh, has also been um, to try and, and figure out, you know, how how operators use the data um, and uh, what are the boundary conditions under which they can use the data uh, to support their own business operations. Right. So that kind of leads into how you got involved with digital privacy. Uh, in terms of, you know, where I, uh, I got interested in privacy and then why I think the specific way in which we are approaching privacy within the IEEE Digital Privacy Initiative is of interest to me, right? So when I was working with uh, my master's on, on cybersecurity and policy, one of the things that I got interested in is uh, understanding privacy. Um, you know, we were talking cybersecurity. Uh, but privacy became a major topic within uh, the coursework that I was working on. And as I went through my coursework and as I went through some of the writings that I was uh, working through my graduate program, what I found is that, you know, too often privacy is being discussed purely from an organizational point of view. Um, And, um, you know, and, and as I looked at that, my main uh, thought process was what happens to the individual? What happened to the individual? Because privacy was an individual uh, concern, which was recognized by the legal community, which was uh, recognized uh, in various ways earlier. But as we got into the digital space, privacy became more a conversation about organizations and how organizations can manage their risk in terms of the data that they collect and in terms of the data that they inadvertently expose uh, when things go wrong. But I did not see any kind of conversation in terms of how the individual gets 
any kind of say in, in the decision-making process along the way, which uh, with, with respect to data that potentially impacts the individual the most. And um, that's how, you know, most of my writings ended up having taking the risk management, uh, you know, uh, principles that were applied to the organizations. And in my graduate courses, you know, every opportunity I got, I was actually doing the reverse engineering, sort of, so to speak. I was applying the risk management to the individual. You know, what happens if the risk management tools were applied by an individual to themselves? And then what does that tell us? And uh, very quickly, I found out that, you know, it is a useful way of looking at from an individual perspective, but it misses a big picture in terms of exactly what the individual can and cannot do within the privacy world. I understand that the Digital Privacy Initiative has introduced a new digital privacy model, sometimes referred to as the DPM. Can you tell our listeners what the genesis was for creating the DPM? Um, so when we started the Digital Privacy Initiative, um, I was talking to the IEEE uh, uh, members. And one of the things that I noticed is that the IEEE Digital Privacy Initiative was specifically focused on the individual perspective, you know, and uh, I was very excited to hear that, you know, it wasn't just me, uh, there was a large community of privacy professionals, technologies, uh, professionals, including academicians who were all looking at the individual perspective and trying to figure out how do we get the individual into a privacy conversation so that it's not always about the organizations. So that's how I got started with the uh, digital privacy initiative. And uh, as we looked at the individual perspective, it was becoming very clear that every organization, every standards body, um, even the academicians and the legal uh, community, everybody had a different starting point with respect to what an individual's privacy means. And um, you know, when we looked at that, we were basically looking at saying, okay, how do we get a common language? How do we get a common starting point so that all these different aspects of privacy, we can have a universal way of expressing that. So that's how we got started on, if I take an individual perspective, what is that universal view? What should we start with? Um, and we kind of started with a clean sheet to say, let's forget about everything that exists in the privacy domain today. Let's forget about all the legislative and all the principles that we have within the privacy initiative today. And if we wanted to start with a clean sheet, where do we start with? And that's how we got started with um, our privacy model. Um, and, you know, there are several different things that happened, but basically that was our genesis in terms of why we think that the digital privacy model is a good way of creating that common language. Sridhar, can you give our listeners an understanding of what you mean by expectations of privacy as it's used in the DPM? So when we took the digital uh, uh, privacy from an individual perspective, uh, we wanted to basically uh, take an individual's view. You know, where does the individual, uh, you know, start with, with when it comes to their privacy? Um, and uh, what we found is that <clears throat> regardless of who the individuals are, regardless of what part of the world they are, um, 
every individual uh, operates within a society, within their culture. Um, and each of these society and cultures, um, they all inform the individual in terms of uh, their potential privacy, right? Um, and so what we looked at is that there is a basic expectation of privacy from individuals. Um, so regardless of where the individual uh, is in their in their life, regardless of what region of the world they reside in, what we uh, kind of agreed was that there is always an inherent privacy expectation that the individuals have as they conduct anything within their economic or social circles. And so we started with the expectation of privacy and we wanted to actually get a kind of understanding of how do we create that expectation of privacy uh, and, and how do we create the nomenclature that will allow us to express that expectation in a unique way so that technology teams, the legal teams, and even implementation or even the individuals themselves can understand it in, in simple terms. Can you tell us about the two-tiered approach that's been taken in creating the DPM? So we started with that expectation of privacy. So this is where the two-tiers start, right? So we had the expectation of privacy, which is a pure individual perspective. You start with that individual's expectation, and then you kind of have influences on top of that expectation. Um, so, so our starting point was basically that expectation. That's the two tier. You have the expectation of privacy, and then you have the influences on privacy. So Sridhar, clearly there's lots of elements related to the digital privacy model or the DPM. Can you help break it down for our listeners? Yeah. So let's take the individual perspective, right? So when we talk about the expectation of privacy, uh, we ended up actually um, breaking that down um, into uh, six characteristics. Um, and so these characteristics are basically uh, are, have two parts to that. The first part is the kind of information, the kind of data that an individual uh, always has um, in terms of any transaction or any interaction that they have within within a digital space, right? And so if we take that approach, then the first part is consisting of what I would what we call the identities. Um, and, you know, this is any kind of identity that the individual may have, whether it is a government-issued identity or a digitally generated identity within an ecosystem. Um, then you have the behaviors. An individual performs different actions, both in an economic or a social uh, situation. And so you have the data associated with that behavioral aspects of an individual within that uh, environment. Um, and then you have the inferences. You know, inferences became important because as we add more tools that are, are doing machine learning, as we add uh, generative AI technology into the digital ecosystems, um, there are a lot of learnings that are being done autonomously, and that actually creates inferences about an individual, which then also becomes a data point that can be used to do various things within the digital environments. And so inferences. And then lastly, the transactions, which is basically anything that the individual does, right? They might make a payment. They might actually make a purchase somewhere. They might actually go physically from point A to point B. These are all data points that are 
specific transactions that the individual conducts uh, within any environment, both physical and virtual, right? And so these four characteristics, the identities, the behaviors, the inferences, and the transactions, these are the four fundamental aspects of information about an individual. And then on top of that, what we are saying is, the expectation of privacy basically means that these four data points, these four information uh, elements, or these four information characteristics about an individual in any environment, the individual always has an expectation that the confidentiality and the integrity of all these data points are maintained by whoever has this data or has access to this data. And then we also say that the individual has an expectation that the um, access and observability of that data is available to the individual, which means that the individual has some way of accessing that data and then some way of observing that data in terms of what's happening with that data, who's using it, when and what. So the combination of the four types of information and then the confidentiality, integrity, and access and observability, these form the expectation of privacy. So if you look at it, an individual basically has that inherent expectation. And then this then can be used both from an individual perspective to say, what level of confidentiality I wanna maintain on certain types of data? What kind of access I want for that data? What kind of observability I'm willing to have? Are willing to give away if I don't want to have that. What kind of integrity needs to be maintained? Now, so these are expectations from an individual perspective, but if from an organization perspective, you can also use the same expectations to now say, how do I maintain confidentiality, integrity of all the data aspects, all the information aspects about the individual that I might have in my possession? What are the access and observability rules that I can provide? What are the tools that I can use and what are the technologies I can use to support that confidentiality, integrity, or access and observability of all these data elements? How do I store them? So these are the ways that technology teams and product teams can then use this model to inform themselves in terms of what they need to do in order to protect that data. And then somewhere along the way, there is going to be a match in terms of what the individual wants versus what the organization can provide. And then that has the ability to support the expectation that the individual wants. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts. So I think at this point, I would like, you know, point out to the listeners that there's a, a good graphical representation of what you're speaking to. So if any of the listeners would go to digitalprivacy.ieee.org, you can download the, uh, the model itself. And I think you can follow along uh, more closely with the, with the discussion here. Can you tell us more about other influences on the expectations of privacy, particularly those that are discussed in the model? You know, along with the expectation of privacy, uh, you know, one of the things that we also uh, uh, bring to the into the model is the concept of the influences on privacy, because we believe that. Just because an individual has that expectation doesn't mean that that expectation is going to met, be met within the environment in which uh, the, the individual is operating, within the specific conditions under which that expectation is being uh, captured, right? So there are influences that then determine 
the extent to which these expectations are going to get met, right? And so these influences are the technical influences. Uh, then we have the regulatory influences. Then we have the economic influences. Then we have the legal influences. Then we have the legislative influences. And then the individuals themselves, you know, this is individuals, uh, you know, also, uh, themselves are having their own uh, influences on that expectation that they have. And then finally, we have the society and the cultural uh, influences. So when we bring all of these things together, then we can say, okay, this is your expectation. These are the influences that, you know, push and pull that, in, uh, you know, expectation in different ways. Um, and uh, ultimately, you finally have a set of privacy that you are able to meet where the individual and the influences come together and, and then create that a space where the individual can conduct their transactions, conduct their operations, and then the organizations can do their business in, a, in an environment where everybody has a, a clear understanding of, of what the privacy needs are. So Sridhar, what are your thoughts on how this model will be utilized by stakeholders and the privacy community in general? This model can actually create a talking point this model can actually bring the diverse groups of uh, you know communities the diverse groups of th uh, thought leaders and we have a common starting point to create a privacy environment where the individual's expectations are the center point but then we wrap that with these influences to kind of say what is that expectation how much of that expectation can be met? And then what are the boundary conditions under which certain expectations may or may not be met? And so there are different ways of looking at this, but we believe that this model allows all the groups to come to the table and start a conversation. And, and now with this model, you're not going to miss anything, right? There are several different things. You know, privacy is not just security. Privacy is not just legal compliance. Privacy is not just legislative compliance. It's a mixture of all of these things. And how do they come together is what we are doing in this visual representation we call the digital privacy model. And we believe that this allows the larger community to have a common starting point so that everybody has the same picture in terms of what needs to be done, how we do it, or what are the conditions under which this can be done. Great. So I think we, you know, we've got a, a good overview here, and I'm sure that we'll, we'll probably do some follow-on podcasts related to the digital privacy model. Uh, in closing, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listenership? Yeah, I am very excited. You know, this was a conversation that we had with multiple uh, privacy professionals around the world. So this was this is definitely a work in progress. Um, but you know, it is very exciting to see that we have. Um, a way to bring the individual into the privacy conversation, which I, we all agree is, is missing in, in current privacy discussions around the world. And so hopefully the digital privacy model will be a starting point for us to start building privacy solutions from a different point of view, which takes the individual as the focus. And then we branch out to what the industry needs to do, what the organizations need to do. And then how do we bring that individual uh, element into all these privacy conversations. So I'm pretty excited. I hope the community finds it useful. Um, there are, of course, a lot of work to be done uh, because we have to 
figure out you know additional details in terms of exactly how the model will uh, apply to different conditions how the model will apply to different vertical organizations and so all of these things are part of our digital privacy initiative within our subgroups we are starting multitude of conversations with the DPM as a starting point. And, and then we are looking at different applications and different use cases where we can use DPM to create a more individual focused privacy environment. Thank you for listening to our interview with Sridhar Rao. To learn more about the IEEE Digital Privacy Initiative, please visit our web portal at digitalprivacy.ieee.org. 